back to the third place. It's been a hot minute since I've talked to all of you. I've missed you dearly, but don't worry. I'm back to talk about video games. What else would I do? Uh, but I'm here for a fun night with a fun guy that I very much enjoy talking to. And we were going to talk about three games that definitely inspired me very much. So when I was a young, when I was a young lad and I'm here to introduce my friend Carlton. How are you doing tonight? Doing good, Sam. Uh, I'm excited <laughs> to be on. Uh, I, uh, I remember I I, the, I first uh, heard you when you went on uh, I'm So Popular for the Resident Evil episode. <laughs> and um, Resident Evil 5 was also my first Resident Evil. And um, yeah, I really liked that episode. And then, of course, we've been friends on Discord and, and Instagram. <laughs> yeah. so. Oh, our... our... Our fun little friendship on in Zach's Discord server, uh, where there's a punishment park. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And also, uh, with the help of certain characters named Miss Retardant by Benita and Zach, uh, teaching our dear dearest Carlton, uh, gay AAVE, uh, and confusing everyone in the chat <laughs> along the way. But no, I'm. I, I knew I wanted you on for the show because, for one, uh, you and I obviously have a very deep love for games. Uh, I think, you know, there's been many times where you and I go back and forth on a lot of things. And and another thing is we are both collectors. Uh, yeah. you, you, you specialize in 360. You're like the premier 360 collector that I know. Uh people can't see it but i see carlton's video and i see his shelf dedicated to xbox games and uh i i will say i'm very jealous because my xbox section is arguably should be better um but i i hope to one day have a, a collection of games such as you and the x in on team green as it were 360 can be undervalued I think, I mean, because it doesn't have all the exclusive Sony stuff, but I think it's the, I mean, it's my favorite console, of course. I'm going to be nostalgic about it forever. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, it does have a really um, interesting console library. Um, oh, yeah. Because that was where Microsoft really wanted to jump into Japan. Mm-hmm. And so they did over 100 unique Japan-only releases, a bunch yep. of visual novels, a bunch of shooters, Um so it's definitely a very unique library. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm never. I'm probably never gonna get a complete because it's just it's just too much. It's like 1,300 games. Yeah. Um, I have like probably 650 or 700 right now. Um, but and it's also just hard to like uh, bring myself to spend money on all the sports games. Yeah, you're telling me, Carlton, you don't want like NCA football from. 2006 to 2015 on your shelf just like <laughs> hogging up an entire thing yeah well there's some of them are actually kind of expensive there's like one basketball game that, that's like a hundred i think it's one of the college hoops it has then, to be because that stopped pretty early um yeah. and then i know it, yeah and then ncaa football is 14 which was the last one i think that's like 40 50 dollars now um, well so it the funny thing is I bought that right before COVID hit in a big um, in a big lot from a single person off Craigslist. And uh, I got the whole lot for like 80 bucks or something. 
And okay. then during COVID, the value rose to like 150 <laughs> um, very, very quickly. Like, like maybe three months, it rose from 60 to 150 because mm-hmm. uh, everyone was inside and they're like, I have to play some college football. And then it's fallen again. I think it's probably like at 80 or so now. So, I, yeah, I mean, collecting out of print games, the price was usually manageable pre COVID, but like once COVID hit and everyone needed a hobby, like retro collecting went through, through the fucking roof and it's pissed me off so much because there's so many games that should not be over like $500, but because someone told them that that is rare, uh, it has to be that price. And it's been forever annoying me being, being a collector and who had someone who wants to play these things too. So and then obviously and then just all the inflation lately is like making them going up again in certain cases. I'm just like, please stop. <laughs> I can't yeah. look at Xeno Gears going up to like two hundred dollars <laughs> over the past three years. It's like why is why is this happening? Why why is everyone thinking that this is like real? It's these things all should be like twenty dollars at max. Well, it's also annoying because I mean, there, there is emulation, but a lot of emulation for newer consoles just doesn't really work. Uh, yeah, PS3 <laughs> emulation still isn't working all the way. 360 emulation, they're literally still developing it to this day. Like, it's not complete in any way. And yeah. then, so to, to go back to for, uh, NCAA 14, it's actually risen back up to about 150. Oh, so it, it fell to 60 in, like, August 2021. Good um, lord. Yeah, I, I, I hate these these like people on eBay shat like controlling the price market from their shadow like shadow governments. It, it's <laughs> it's insane. But uh, I guess you know to transition. I did you know I wanted because I ask everyone on the show uh, when they come on the first time is their gaming history, and I we kind of briefly went over your Xbox allegiance, but I want to know when was Baby Carlton? When was Young Carlton's? introduction to being a gamer um let's see so my first games were i think one of your previous guests said the same thing uh, educational games like um, oh yeah yeah spy fox mm-hmm. and um there was like a fish game and stuff like that but i also had floppy disk games from pizza hut i had uh, a star wars point and click game um and so yeah a lot of the pc stuff then my first console was the game boy color and i got pokemon red and army men and um my dad would actually play army men on the game boy color um and of course there was no backlight on the the game boy so he would play it like directly under the light and um and then i think from then on it was just portable until i got the original xbox and I wanted it because Ninja Ninja Gaiden was on it. And I oh, love yeah, ninjas. Nah. And of course that game was incredibly hard. And like <laughs> like everyone, I was like, oh, I'll be able to handle it. It's not gonna be a big deal. Uh, and <laughs> I never really played it that much because it was so hard. <laughs> and um, but the re- the big reason that my, my dad was willing to pay for the Xbox is because it had Rainbow Six Three. 
and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he would play that literally. I mean, he played that game for probably like three years, like maybe <laughs> an, an hour a day. Because <laughs> um, have you played Rainbow Six Three? No, but I, I have seen footage of it. So there's the um, I forget what it's called, but there's the PC version of it. It's called uh-huh. like Sig- Sigma something, Sigma yeah. grind set. <laughs> and then um, the so three is is a console only port of the PC version, and <laughs> it has Terrace Hunt. Uh, so he would he would just play Terrace Hunt like all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, it was very, sl- it's a very slow, very methodical type game because you can get killed very quickly, just like in the original Rainbow Six. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it, it's it's one of those. Um, I don't. It's not endlessly replayable, but he played it a lot. And yeah. from then, it just progressed from there. But yeah, I mean, that's why I love the 360 is because of the original love of the of the Xbox. Mm-hmm. So it and it's only gone downhill from there. <laughs> no um I, I i love well for one i love when a dad gets obsessed with one game no, <laughs> for no reason like like there's so many people who have stories like yeah my dad got obsessed with this like one game for like no explicable reason and it allowed me you know we bonded but like even when i try to play something it's like no he only wanted to play this specific version of it well it's because it's so hard for them to learn the game that they are like they don't because you would give him any other game and he just could not do it because he had spent so much time my uncle is the same way he likes to play assassin's creed games and fallout and oblivion and, and like skyrim and stuff like that he's played <laughs> skyrim for like a thousand hours he doesn't want to play another game <laughs> Well, I mean, Skyrim, to be fair, is a game you can play. Well, it encourages a thousand hours worth of playtime. Yeah. Well, I he's mean, playing I'll, I'll... Valhalla a second time. Oh, and Lord. His, his first playthrough, he probably did like 150 hours or so. And uh... he's like, yeah, on this playthrough, I'm going to collect absolutely everything. <laughs> oh, he's got to be there for 300 hours. Yeah. <laughs> Modern Ubisoft games just be like that, where it's just yeah. like, hey, here's... 8 billion little collectible trinkets that have no value whatsoever other than waste yeah. your time. But I haven't certain... played any of the new AC games like from Odyssey no, on. I, I stopped at Unity. That was where I stopped. Um, you mean you, you played it or you didn't play it? No, I, I played it and that's where it ended for me. Okay. Like Unity pre Unity and everything before feels like that's what Assassin's Creed feels like to me. Everything after yep. just kind of feels like this no shape blob that well, wants... I want to play because Origins is the Egyptian one, right? Yes, I want to play Origins because I love Egypt, but the Unity was really good. Yeah, I mean, um, I, I saw footage of Unity recently because, well, for one, Unity was a buggy, broken mess uh, at launch because it was it was way too ambitious for its time. Uh, having like thousand NPCs, basically a thousand NPCs that all look pretty unique to each other. PS4 and Xbox One could not do that, so they had to like kind of scale it back. And even then, it was still broken. Uh, but on the newer consoles, because of back compat, they actually run right. And I'm just like, wow, this game looks legitimately good still. They were really ahead of their time on back then and then once like 2016 hit like all assassin's creed just became a production line yeah it just became well because they they were copying witcher like witcher 2 oh 
literally the they, they they saw how successful the witcher was it's like we could do that but worse uh, <laughs> yeah. it's yeah uh, yeah i played unity on the series x and it ran perfectly yeah and... it, i i would love to go back to it see on these newer systems see see if my opinion would change because i mean i have fond memories of ac one two and three um especially two because i i beat that in a weekend i was so obsessed with it um i i I can't remember if it came out in the fall. I, I feel like I spent a literal weekend doing nothing but playing two and just being obsessed with Ezio and Italy and Renaissance Italy. It was like the greatest time of my life back in 2009. <laughs> I think it was when it came out. Uh, uh, it's a great game. Oh yeah. It's one of argue. You could argue that's probably one the best one. Maybe. Um, I know a lot of people hold it nostalgically. Um, and one more thing too it's interesting you bring up Tom Clancy with Xbox because I think the first 360 game I ever saw was um, was it called Advanced Warfighter um, yeah it's, that's Graw yeah th- I, think if, I think it was that one I remember seeing it because it got a it was the only game on game trailers I remember getting a 99 out of 100 um, it was that good and so I was like wow this is the future I can control every little bit of uh, minute detail of my game and my squad mates. And then like <laughs> that never transpired. And I was like, Oh man, this was such like a great glimpse into the future. Well, ghost recon was futuristic from the very first game. Cause it had a really cool, well, they've always had like prototype weapons, but it had this really cool assault rifle that had like, like an airburst weapon built into it, which is kind of <laughs> like a grenade launcher, but it would like explode over the enemy and um it's um yeah i mean it's always been futuristic but yeah Graal was really cool and there's also they've kind of never there's never been another game to kind of take that that particular view of the future that Graal had because yeah. um like it had because back then everyone was thinking what is going to be the pre- what's going to be the successor to the m4 assault rifle and so they had the m8 they had oh, yeah. the scar um and you'll see m8s and scars in other games but like those were they just they have a really cool look and so i feel like they built the whole game around the cool look of these prototype weapons oh yeah and, no. um, did you no. ever play ghost recon 2 no i remember playing Graw, and then i think i don't know why i tuned out i think i got more into other things at the time because this was like i got to it later than most people i think i got to it in 2007 which that was like the time of vegas the vegas games were coming out um and i didn't I think Graw was the launch title yeah Graw, yeah because Graw was on ps2 i think also but then yeah. the 360 version was the one to get i also played on the original xbox so. <laughs> it was the first person shooter on that one. Oh my god that that must have that back when first person shooters were still figuring things out on consoles back in the good old days yeah and i love that the xbox 2 also just has like it's like the first person shooter console of that era like doom 3 being like other than halo i think of like doom 3 on that system and just how cool it was, it was absolutely the the console of first person shooters no question yeah and that's 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 a very big reason why i like fps so much now because of the original xbox yeah i mean 
it, it's so interesting because I, I mean that 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 con that controller, the Duke, that thing is an unwieldy beast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, with, I only ever used the 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 newer version of the, the S the, model. So I got these little small hands. So. <laughs> you got the, you got those small hands like the Bill Gates ad when they brought it to Japan, <laughs> which that, that's why they made it too, right? It's like they made it because the Duke was too big for Japanese players. And yeah. so they're just like, we'll make a baby, we'll make a baby controller for for you Japanese people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I I have I love the original Xbox and I love this sort of vision of the 360 being this like futuristic like curved elegant design trying to f an american's take on what could be what could be like acceptable electronics device in mid-2000s japan but then like still japan is just like no we don't want we don't want american things we just are fine with sony and nintendo yeah well the well the thing i like about the 360 design is that uh, of course i just know more about 360 than ps3 i know there's multiple models of the ps3 but yeah um like the slim was a really well-designed console oh, and yeah. feel it feel it's very if they're very weighty it feels mm -hmm. very solid and uh my favorite is the e which is the final model that's the um, round the roundish one right they they made it look similar to the, the one. xbox one yeah um, i remember i remember that one yeah, the PS3 and 360 got three had three versions or three designs. That was interesting. Yeah. Well, and there's that, also well, there's more than than three for the 360. So there's the base, and there's the elite, and then oh, yeah. there was the slim, and That's then right. there's multiple versions of slim. But it's I mean they're effectively all the same. And then there's the E. The the slim the slim was or no the the elite the elite was the one with the blue right. Uh, there was one. Um, there was one version of the 360 that had like blue. I feel like that oh, had... the the blue was the E. That was the Call of Duty uh, Ghost console. Uh, okay, yeah. No, I, I, I always wondered if they had like st stuck with that color blue because it's like really nice shade of blue. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I want. I'd, I'd like to have that that console, like the, the Ghost one. Yeah, but uh, I, I, I'm glad. That, I'm glad to have somebody on the show who has like xbox experience because most people are either sony or nintendo or in some cases like pc gaming so it's always nice to have the xbox point of view yes, a, mar a marginalized voice yeah, yeah. a bipoc voice <laughs> my my POC, microsoft indigenous person of color situated knowledges of the xbox 360 game <laughs> oh i got it. but enough of xbox to to an extent let's move on to music rhythm games i wanted to talk briefly about it before we get into guitar hero um i don't know about you carlton but i have a very i have a very fond connection to music rhythm games uh mostly because i grew up playing music i played instruments i played french horn and piano growing up and so when i was younger the fact that they were making games with music being a core part of the experience was always such a fun thing. I mean, I talked about Parappa and Vib Ribbon earlier in the season and how much those games are such fun, blissful little experiences that really sort of uh, embrace the sort of 
CD revolution of their time, uh, you know, because the PS1 was a CD based console. So was the Saturn, but uh, everyone remembers the PlayStation and the CD player uh, functionality. And then what I loved about when we got into sort of the, the six gen systems is like the, the music rhythm genre sort of became the experiences kind of got even more larger, more sort of unique and tied to the sort of desired, I guess you could say medium or a genre. I mean, guitar hero is one of them, but there's like DJ hero, you have amplitude and frequency uh, all coming out, you know, in, in the 2000s, and they all feel so unique. Like suddenly now, music rhythm games are becoming larger than life, and now they're incorporating things that make the act of playing music like that becomes the game itself. Like, uh, I mean this is also the era in which dance dance revolution was like taking over the world in America. So yeah. I, I have such a fond connection to those times. Cause it's like my, my middle school, we had DDR pads at gym class. Uh, there was an arcade not too far from where I lived that had the guitar hero arcade port, uh, which was like the only thing I wanted to play. Uh, I remember, I mean, I remember in a middle school in Latin class, uh, because my, my teacher was one of those sort of like, I, I, I watched the strong, bad, uh, podcast, uh, sort uh-huh. of type guy. He's like, all right, we're going to have a guitar hero tournament in class. And the winner gets like, uh, I don't know. even remember the prize. I think it was like a hundred dollars or something. And I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do all that. And I got second place. <laughs> there you like, go. You you want to know the song I lost? Uh, I lost the championship with. Uh, what was it? It was it was GH2. GH2. Um, was it the Iron Maiden song? No, it was Monkey Wrench. Okay. Yeah. Because if because <laughs> isn't that doesn't have like really a lot of double strums you have to do. I think it's so. Like very... and, and this, the 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 finals were on expert, so I think this is that's a song that has like three note chords, and I was not used to that. Yeah, uh, but you know the the I'll save the rest for the later. But the point being is like I have like music rhythm games feel so tied to the two thousands for me. Like growing up, and every year seemingly there was some new wild crazy invention or new gimmick taking over the world uh yeah in all those games being, oh yeah go uh, ahead. uh yeah i was just saying guitar hero being like the big one that took off at least for me so i mean i guess for you do you have any memories or any thoughts on this genre this unique quirky little genre i never played parappa um so you had mentioned like uh it was amplitude so I mean, Amplitude, Guitar Hero, Rock Band—they all have—they all come from harmonics. Yes. And um, so harmonics, the Boston-based company, has had a huge effect on the American music game genre. And even when I'm over in when I was in Japan in November and in Taiwan recently, I still see and there's well actually in Taiwan I only saw one used, like one used game store that would be considered even compare that would be even comparable to something in Akihabara. 
and um they had like a taiwanese boxed 360 Mm -hmm. um controller and game and everything so um i mean these these games did infiltrate other countries but they are still it's a a thoroughly american product and Mm um but i never yeah i never played parappa the rapper or any of those um but my first memory of guitar hero was i either heard about it at school or at my local GameStop. they had a, a demo set up for guitar hero 2 for the 360 and the <clears throat> there was a guy that was just like playing on expert difficulty and i could tell he was i mean even at a young age i could tell like he was a total loser <laughs> try hard um but like he was decently good and I, and I was like impressed and he was like telling me like how he plays guitar in real life. And I was like, Oh, that's special. <laughs> and, um, but I mean, it did, it did impress me. And I thought, you know, I need to, I need to learn how, how to do this. <laughs> and, um, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I played the hell out of guitar hero too on the 360. Um, but I never like doing double strumming. It took me years to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really had to, it was, it was more, it's more, it's kind of like playing on the fifth note on the fifth button. Like it's kind of, you just kind of have to force yourself to do it. Oh yeah. And you'll eventually you'll get better at it. But um, yeah. Yeah. That I remember, I remember making that jump too. I remember getting it because my brother just brought it back home one day from college. He brought both games and the controller and he's like just playing. And I was like, what the hell is that? That's the coolest thing I've ever seen and he's like here you want to play it and then he just like left it with me <laughs> so I was like <laughs> this is the greatest like non-birthday holiday gift i've ever gotten and i was like 10 11 i think mm-hmm. and i remember have like being on medium which is just the green red yellow blue notes only and then this was like okay i'm gonna try hard difficulty out and then i was like but i'm gonna have to move my hand back and forth to the orange note it's gonna be so hard it's like now nah, that's just natural feeling um there is something interesting that's kind of unique to guitar hero and also rock band because rock band the story of guitar hero is very tied with rock band uh you know because guitar hero was made by the company that made rock band harmonics uh the brief moment that these games own culture and then how quickly they died uh and we talked about this before the show we started recording and you were talking about, I forget the proper term you said that they were. Um, oh but- yeah. Well, basically like if you want to look at it a little bit more um, from a wider lens, like the guitar hero games and the rock band games are effectively toys to life games because you're selling some physical product to go along with a video game. And in that way you can justify a higher price point. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the problem with all toys, like, so like a, another toys life game would be like Skylanders, um, like Spyro Skylanders yeah, or like Lego dimensions or, uh, Disney, forget, there's a Disney one. Uh, the problem is that they usually have backwards compatibility with older versions of the game. Mm-hmm. And so you will buy these figures, you'll continue to play with them in new games. And you might not want to buy a whole other set with a new thing. And so with Guitar Hero, uh, most people would just use their old controllers. And um, so, I mean, the, the Guitar Hero business model only makes sense if the the buzz around the game persists for a really long time. Yeah. And um, I think that, 
I, I, you know, a lot of people, the, the obvious thing to say is that Activision drove it into the ground. I think that if you were going to look at it logically, they drove it into the ground creatively. They didn't drive it into the ground with the number of entries that they released. Yeah. Uh, because those Metallica games, the Aerosmith, the Van Halen, or like the Green Day with Rock Band, the Beatles with Rock Band, those games... I don't think that you can say they targeted the type of person that would buy the numbered entries. I think it was a different kind of person. So um, like that, the person who bought those games, I don't think they would be, I don't think their viewpoint of the whole series would be affected by um, those How many games, entries. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think there's a very easy misconception with those two series. And heck, I mean, I would even throw DJ hero like that brief little blip too. It's that these games weren't like creatively bankrupt as people would like to think they were. I mean, I mean, Beatles Rock Band is one of my favorite games, and that's really is, good. It's so like they that game is so creatively inspired, like to the way that they changed everything to sort of match the Beatles aesthetic down to the fretboards and the notes, like how they're animated. I mean, everything, recreating music videos or the videos attached to certain songs or concerts that they did. Like Beatles Rock Band proves, you know, shows that they were not like without creativity in those things. It's just like the series. I mean, people just got tired, I think, of being sold like $100 bundles of, of these like plastic guitars that really only, you only needed one and you were fine. I mean, that was the case. That was for me. Like, I just had my PS2 one and I just used that for the rest of my life. I didn't, <laughs> I, I didn't need the less, the Les Paul GH3 guitar, even though that's considered one of the better ones or whatever. I just had my rinky dink, like, made with the cheapest plastic uh, Gibson that came with the first game. That's all I needed to be happy. Yeah. Um, it, it, Guitar Hero rock band dj hero they're such it's amazing because they really only existed for like really 10 five years in terms of being relevant like after 2010 they stopped being relevant like to the point where these franchises tried to reboot themselves uh in the mid 2010s and they are they failed both times in different ways um again no one wants to buy an 80 dollar bundle with a you know a new thing that takes up space um that's only used for one thing and then you know in the case of guitar hero live which i hate like that that game has like a bad set list that game has like the dumbest thing with having live footage instead of like these animated set piece uh creations like the older games and then you know rock Rock Band 4, I think people just got tired. They didn't want to buy the whole set again, which Rock Band sets were like, what, $120 back in the day or something like that? Yeah. You had to, well, you had to, you had to buy the microphone, the drum kit, and the guitar. Yeah, well, the, the problem with, so, you know, th this is also kind of a supporting argument for saying why these games, they didn't get pushed too much, is that they just creatively didn't uh, innovate in some way. So like Rock Band Four, um, it was released. Let's see what what year it was released. Was it 2015? Yes. Okay. 
So um, it was released a number of years after three. Was three in 2012? Somewhere. I think three was 2010. You're right. Yeah. So both were five years after. And so I think like in my, in my view, rock band was perfect at rock band two. That was the point. Yeah, I I agree. Yeah. And I feel rock band three, I can't remember if it was three or four, but like one of those entries, their only meaningful addition was like the addition of keyboard, which was, wasn't used for every song. Well, there was triple harmonies, which was taken from Beatles rock band. Yeah. And there was also like expert, or there's like what do you call it? There was like super expert bass and super expert guitar. Yeah, I mean all superfluous additions that don't change the experience. And I feel like it's almost a case of like they nailed the concept. They 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 got the concept at first and they refined it in later entries. And it's just like, well, how do we we can't really innovate anymore? So like, what do we do? We're kind of stuck. You know, and I think that's why we had those like band spinoff versions come in, which are great. I mean, Metallica, Guitar Hero Metallica is a great, a great game. Uh, so is Beatles Rock Band. Uh, but yeah, it's it's amazing how short lived this like moment was and how modern rhythm games almost kind of go back to the late 90s sort of feel where it's not about a peripheral it's about just like creating a unique little loop that hooks you in. I mean, I mean, one of the only rhythm games I can think of right now is just like the meat, the Hatsune Miku games. Uh, it's just like, uh-huh. uh, or, or most recently hi-fi rush, which combines music, uh, music rhythm with action game. So it's kind of amazing. It, I, I always have, I look back on this like five year period where it's like people, Every every fall, there is a new controller. There's a new game with like brand new songs, uh, and everyone was obsessed with. And then it just stopped. It was over. It was over, and people were done with it. They could. Uh, but I will say though, um, it's not as though these games are dead in the minds of people. Everyone still loves these games. I would say no one looks bad back on these these games and thinks like, oh, wow, they sucked. Uh, You see this with like fan projects. I mean, Clone Hero being like arguably the biggest one right now, uh, where it's just a free, a free game that has all the officially licensed songs, uh, fretboards like that you can just download and play for free. You just got to finagle some like, you know, getting songs into a folder on your PC. That's it. It's not hard. Uh, it's amazing how just that this one moment still lasts with people enough that they'll keep it alive themselves, but not, they won't let these like big companies try again. (laughs) It's like, I don't know. Yeah. I I guess what I'm trying to say is just, I miss these days, but I'm glad that they're not, I'm glad that they're still not trying to punch out like a new guitar hero game every year back like it was back in the day. Yeah, I, I mean, I can look at at past uh, series or entries with rose tinted glasses all I want. I do think that Guitar Hero, um, I think it, it, you know, if you view the series stopping as failure, it was it was bound to fail because of the fact that you could use those old, old controllers because it's hard to sell, um, you know, the oh, yeah. new, the new controllers and everything. 
But I think that from the very beginning, they were kind of taking the, the plastic controller out of its natural habitat, which the natural habitat is the arcade. Yeah. Um, like these games, these types of games started in Japan. They still live in Japan. There's still I, new rhythm games being made. Um, like, you know, you, you, I think they, they showed them in Lost in Translation, but it's a, there's those rhythm games where you just move your hand around mm-hmm. and you hit like buttons that are in a circle. Yeah. And um, I saw those in Taiwan recently. Um, yeah, I, I course, remember, DDR is still big. Yeah. I remember seeing that, that button game when I was in Japan. Oh, God, it's like seven years ago now. I remember that one and there's like a line around there's like crowds of people watching people playing those games. Uh I mean Guitar Hero is in basically a more or less like a knockoff of a Japan version of this concept, an arcade yeah. game with a guitar peripheral and it's it's amazing how like the liberation quote unquote of a game from the arcade at home usually yield a success rate like fighting games coming to home you know they did well enough and fighting games are still being made or like some arcade experiences can translate but like some can't and the 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 peripheral music rhythm game can't didn't and it's like no this needed to stay in the arcades so that people wouldn't get bogged down <laughs> yeah well it's it's just like an example of it's like the suburbanization of the of the arcade game and uh yeah it just didn't work this time yeah um, it's it, but i'm glad that it did happen you know like it's oh yeah i i wouldn't i wouldn't trade sort of like the birth and death of these sorts of games i wouldn't like say oh no like in if i could go back in the future and tell harmonics to change something i know i wouldn't tell them like Oh, don't do this. It's gonna you're gonna like burn out and be nothing. Be like, no, you're still gonna like arguably define culture at the time. I mean, Guitar Hero and Rock Band got people to play guitars, even though like the games themselves are not one to one accurate playing the guitar experience. The fact that it got people to play guitars, play listen to all this like rock music. I mean, I'm for one for me. I wanted the songs from the games on my iPod when I got an iPod. Like I, I wanted to listen to the soundtrack, like all the original songs, and listen to them nonstop on loop as much as I could. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, I think, if we were to wrap up this, what would you have? What do you have any final thoughts on this this moment in time, dear Carlton? Um. I mean, I had, I had a very similar experience for Rock Band One and Two. I listened to the the music from that a lot. Uh, it introduced like, me to because I mean, I'd, I'd known about classic rock for a long time because so my parents listened to it. But um, and a lot of Guitar Hero Two and Three is classic rock. But um, I think Rock Band Two really opened me up to like alternative rock. So like it had Interpol, it had I think it had Jimmy Eat World. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it definitely opened up my musical uh, palette. Oh and yeah, so I'm I mean, infinitely grateful for that. Yeah, I mean, for me too. I mean, I've been on a recent Nine Inch Nails obsession this past few days, and it's because of Rock Band. I got I got exposed to it. Um, Was it the Perfect Drug? Yes. Uh, when I heard, when I first played Perfect Drug, 
on rock band i was like this is the greatest song ever made the um, drums on that song go crazy oh yeah and i love that they charted like what is essentially like a drum machine i think <laughs> yeah like, yeah, yeah you're right it's insane that they charted that song like out of all the out of all the nin songs they could have they picked that one yeah. um well, well i mean you could actually play that song it's not impossible yeah so. yeah 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 true it's just like of of the entire catalog of nine inch nails like where they have songs that are more quote-unquote like rock songs like they they pick the uh, perfect truck um yeah. i'm a uh, guitar hero and rock band also got me into smashing pumpkins uh oh yeah gh3 and rock band both have cherry rock and that yeah that came out in 2007 and the simpsons i think it's season seven or eight had came out on dvd and they had the smashing pumpkins uh lollapalooza episode so i like i was like bombarded with like two like three different things telling me about how great smashing pumpkins were so i was like yeah these this is my band like i'm gonna be fans of this band even though you know the the original group isn't all together anymore but uh the fact that also like rock band had the Beatles and Beatles. I love the Beatles. Uh, I think it's a great love piece to that band. I mean, there, there's, there's so much love for the, like just the idea of rock music in these games that I really, I'm glad that they existed because I would not have remotely any, I wouldn't have remotely an interesting music library. I think if it weren't for these games. So I think this is just a great segue into going to the, well, I guess the first game, which is Guitar Hero 1, but there isn't much to be said. So... I was going to mention Guitar Hero 1, but honestly, there's not a whole lot to be said about Guitar Hero 1 because it's more or less been outdated by later entries. And also, it's pretty much unplayable right now. Um, if any one of you who is listening wants to play Guitar Hero 1, get you have to have a CRT. You cannot play this game on a converter cable. You can't play this game like on a on anything that is not a CRT because this game does not have lag calibration. Um, so you can't correct for your TV's input lag. Um, the game has some very strict rules, but I, this is my heads up to anyone listening. I think you'll be fine skipping this, but I think it's important to mention the first game in Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero 1 came out November 8th, 2005. It was a PS2 exclusive made by Harmonix, published by Red Octane. Uh, I think it's just important to mention the first game because it, it definitely it got the ball rolling. It's what got the series going. I think that's when people were like fascinated and wowed by the concept of a game where you use a guitar peripheral to play notes to a song and it's like kind of it's not one-to-one guitar playing but it's close enough. Um, and it, it, this, in many ways, this game's kind of like an indie game because it was made on a budget of a million dollars, which sounds like a lot, but back in that day, it was not. 
And even still today, a million dollars is not a lot to make a game. Uh, but I think, Carl, I don't know, Carlton, do you have any opinions about Guitar Hero 1? Because I, I really don't think there's much to be said about this first game. Um, yeah, I mean, I haven't played it. Um, really, if you want the superior experience for any um, any Rock Band game within the 360 slash PS3 slash Wii um, generation, you should play on a CRT because there's not going to be any lag at all. Oh, yeah. Um, if you can handle it. In fact, if you live in Richmond, Virginia, and you want a CRT <laughs> TV, you can take mine. <laughs> it's 37 inches, and it's about 120 pounds, but it's all yours because <laughs> uh, i have to move um but feel free to, um, feel free to dm carlton about yeah you're in the hop, area hop in my dms if you want to I, in fact i will pay you to take the crt i it's <laughs> <laughs> i will pay you a hundred dollars uh but um i mean guitar hero one did have a spinoff it had guitar hero encore rock the 80s oh um, yeah so true. you can tell they immediately they knew they wanted to do DLC or they wanted to do a spinoff game. Um, so I did have that. And, uh, and I believe they did, I haven't played it, but I believe that they did customize the visuals in some ways. Yeah. So. The, they gave the characters like custom outfits to be more eighties, everything they like eighties fied, which, yeah. you know, I think was much back then was a very novel thing. I think if like guitar hero took off nowadays, and rock the in encore the the this eighties game came out would have been a huge hit because everyone's in the eighties right now, yeah. Um, but I I think I think what is to be said about GH one is the fact that it set the rules for Guitar Hero that set the foundation for the series moving forward. It's going to have a lot of songs from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and early two thousands. It's going to have a progression where it goes from slow jams to metal songs. It's going to start from, you know, if you do the career mode, you start off in a basement and end up at a concert stage. Uh, and it sets the gameplay rules in the fact that it tries to semi recreate uh, guitar uh the way to play a guitar where you know, have like you know double notes i don't think this this one didn't have triple notes yet i think but you know having to hit multiple notes at once or the hammer offs and pull offs uh not quite guitar playing but close enough to guitar playing um but yeah i think the the yeah, game the is, original the original yeah, version it, that they're basing it off of the what, what was the game from japan guitar freaks yeah, so Guitar Freaks was only three buttons. Yeah. And it's kind of like, it's more like a lot of the Japanese um, rhythm games where it, the, the notes are not in line exactly with the notes from the song. It's just kind of like, they're just kind of telling you like whatever to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, but with American, they're, they're like, this is quote unquote accurate to the song. Yeah. And, and the funny thing, of course, is like, and the, so you can kind of tell like with chords for example they'll have there's a general sound for a chord that's two buttons yes and there's a general sound for a chord that is the first button the third button and there's a general sound for a chord that's the first button and the fourth button mm -hmm. and then there's also very rarely you'd see the, the first and the fifth button um yeah. and then there's a harder sound for the one two three or the two three four mm -hmm. but like 
um, when you actually watch someone play these songs, of course, they're putting their fingers in all different kinds of places. Mm-hmm. So it, they kind of created their own way of reading these songs. Yeah. Um, it's, it's again, yeah, it's, they were very smart about this. They, they definitely tried to make it seem it's just real enough where it feel like, you know, while you're like reading the notes on the screen, like you don't really register it the first time. Like you're just more concerned about getting through the song and getting a passing grade. Um, but once you like play these songs enough and you get, you start practicing, you realize that they at least even back in the day were following or trying to capture a very, I'm trying to find the picture. It's like a very accurate representation of like how actually the chords and the notes and how like all these like very fast notes, how they all kind of like worked on the guitar for that song. And it feels very close. It's real enough. It's real enough that it definitely gets you on board and it definitely sells the fantasy that these games want to sell which is to quote be the rock star at home and i think at least guitar hero one did it they got the framework working it's just unfortunate that technology has more or less made this vert this game obsolete (laughs) because there's there's genuinely good songs on here like they had 30 songs plus 17 bonus songs i think granted they are covers by a group called wave group but there's still some really good songs in here. I mean, I think they set the bar off right, but with the first song being I Love Rock and Roll. Um, but then they have like Iron Man uh, is in here. They have I Want to Be Sedated, Ziggy Stardust, Killer Queen, Sharp Dressed Man. Uh, I think in terms of a set list, they did a very good job covering all periods of rock music and yeah i mean i think that's enough to be said about this because guitar hero two and three make this game obsolete i don't know if you have any closing thoughts carlton on gh1 uh, well i think the harmonics uh viewpoint really rain it, you can really see what the harmonics viewpoint is with the first game because they I don't think you can really say that they made any of the notes like super cheap or they didn't, they made a song artificially hard or something. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> they, they, pretty... weren't, they weren't never soft. Um... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it's not like, cause you know, the whole point of rock band was um, we're not going to make this artificially hard. We're going to put every bandmate. It's going to be fun. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I mean, rock, rock guitar hero one and two definitely stick to that. Mm-hmm. that general vein of of how the game should be viewed and yeah. um and we'll get the three eventually <laughs> but yeah i think if you have a crt and you're curious give one a shot but i'm not going to recommend it for everyone because it has that lag problem and also the hammer on pull-offs are very they're very hard and they have a much stricter rule to be pulled off so it's more more beneficial to just literally strum every note i think uh, you have yeah i think you effectively have to strum. i mean there's note. some songs you have to because there's no way you could unless you have the motor skills that are just 
on point you can't do like you can't do bark on the moon i couldn't like i had to go to medium to play that back in the day like it's just unnecessarily difficult and i think it's just, i think gh1 is just more a good relic of the time back in 2005 it got the ball rolling it did its job but maybe we leave her in the past we leave her in the past God um, bless her soul <laughs> Uh, but that brings us to, I think, many people's favorite, which is Guitar Hero 2. So Guitar Hero 2, uh, it originally was a PS2 game, but it got ported to the 360, but it came out first on November 7, 2006, basically a year later. And I would say it's either people love 2 or 3. There's no, like, I think most people will go to battle about which one's better, 2 or 3. They both do things better than each other some of the, they do both do things worse than each other but guitar hero 2 is just basically guitar hero 1 but like realized to perfection um they fixed everything that was wrong they amplified all the aesthetics in the song list the venue the the venues you go to all the customization you can do to the characters and the guitars they they basically amped up every part of the first game and as a result i think it's damn near a perfect game especially you know and this was right as next gen is coming out you know they have a you know they had a 360 version out but like the ps2 era was basically about to be left in the dust and still this like classic game just comes out right before the ps3 comes out and it's like well I'm not going to drop $600 for a, co- a, a console. I'm going to buy me Guitar Hero 2. Um, there's, I mean, I, I definitely had more fond memories playing this when I was a kid. And I played this like a few months ago. And I was just having a blast going through all these like, uh, uh, honestly, a fantastic set list. It's really good. I think the set list for two is... Uh, excellently curated so um what what do you think carlton what do you think of gh2 you know this is the first one i played a huge fan back in the day it did have less it had more covers in the main set list it wasn't um oh wait did it have was it all covers still it was uh the ps2 version had so the ps2 version had had like four it had four masters but it had so it had 10 more songs so it had 40 songs on ps2 48 on the xbox on the 360 but so like the ps2 version only had i think three or four masters so okay it technically had more covers but the fact that they actually had master recordings uh was a big a big step up for the franchise because i think most people would agree playing the master recordings of these songs is a much more fun experience. Um, not to diss the covers by wave group. I would say the wave group 
covers are very well done and they emulate the sort of sound and feeling these songs are but like when it says uh you know when you load up a song into the level and normally it says as made famous by you're just like oh, okay but then when you first see john the fisherman i think it's the first master recording and it says you know it just says by by primus there's no as made famous by you're just like oh my god this is the real thing this is the real deal i'm surprised they couldn't get the real version of laid to rest by lamb of god i think that would be easy to get yeah i mean because <laughs> they got jane's addiction so why couldn't they get lamb of god yeah they they got that okay there's only two ma okay i've looked it up there's two masters on the ps2 version it's jane it's stop and john the fisherman that's it uh the 360 version have master versions of dead by mcr and possum kingdom by the toadies that's it yeah um yeah, there's there's some like songs on here. I mean, some of them make sense. Like, I'm not shocked that they couldn't get a master of Aerosmith at the time, um, or like Guns and Roses. Like that makes sense. Like yeah. that was that was still out of the ballpark for them at the time. But the fact that uh, I think the fact that there was even master versions of songs, I think, was like a huge step up. And I think that's one thing that Neversoft like did a really good job was people they want had, the ma they want the masters yeah they the had cover. the heft of they had the heft of activision behind them so anything was possible oh yeah no totally um is there any i think that oh, yeah. well i think yeah. because our hero too that you definitely because <clears throat> like it was all harmonics and so harmonics did one two and they did all the rock bands and there are certain bands that harmonics loves like they love rush and so almost every song every almost every game has a rush song and um so like this this one has yyz oh my then, god that that was so good yeah yyz is uh, great i love there's there's so many good songs on this one like i mean it's and you know they because they've said um, i don't know the interview but i mean i've seen interviews where they're like we we have a certain taste of music we want the people of america and the world to appreciate the music we like mm -hmm. and so i that definitely like they most games have iron maiden in them <laughs> um actually i think relatively few because i think rock band one had a black sabbath song it had i don't remember which one it had right i forget yeah. too but i think you're right um but i think um for one i forgot that this song had a danzig song in the first level i was like what the oh my god that's that's inspired like they had a nirvana song in the second level uh it's a cover but hey they had nirvana they had van halen uh black sabbath is in this one war pigs um rolling stones guns of roses rage against the machine uh aerosmith stone temple pilots um rush uh megadeth leonard skinnerd like they they really expanded to really get some classic rock bands in here. And I think it made it oh so good to just go through the set list and being like, what are they going to pull out next? Because um, even though you saw like the songs that were going to be in the set list, like 
just like getting that like lead up to being able to play some of these songs is like uh it was so hype inducing back then and it's still thinking about it today is still like makes me like giddy and excited yeah no i i loved it back in the day of course i never knew like any of these bands when when i was oh, playing yeah. the game yeah but... it, it, this is this is the game where i was like i need the soundtrack like on my ipod there's yeah. so many songs that i wanted to you know buy or download uh it's like I, I have like this muted background footage of fc someone fcing the whole game it's like miserlu uh came on mm -hmm. like that was a great song too um it's like and not just in the set list too like the production for like the the venues you go to is like way more uh out there and feels just appropriate like uh there's like the i mean for one the stonehenge level is iconic to me the final level is a great final level um there's the concert stage there's there's a bunch of concert stages at the end that are great like every little bit of this game just is elevated and it just makes me happy thinking about um oh no carlton you froze oh no i don't think oh, so I, you, you were like staring i wasn't sure if you <laughs> um yeah I definitely I've... stare into the abyss <laughs> uh i thought you froze like normally when no. a pause like that happens like oh god zoom fucked up um oh, no i mean oh no <laughs> shut up <laughs> oh no not this honey not this hunty oh my god institution oh, yeah, i was i was referencing the guy from family guy yeah I like, yeah remember the time brian when i played guitar hero i'm just... god but i mean do you have anything else to say about guitar hero too i mean it was an absolute banger. I remember buying it from Best Buy. I think it was ninety dollars. My dad ponied up the cash. Shout out to my dad. Um, but yeah, oh yeah. So one thing I would do. I think this is more of a thing once I got into drums with Rock Band One. But on my flip phone, I would take pictures of my high scores and then go to school the next day and show everybody on my phone. Oh, you like, were you were better than me. I I I was not smart enough to do that. So I just ha I had to like re retell the story of playing songs. No, trust like, me, I got a five star. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I played it on extra guys. Come on now, you would believe me, right? Yeah. Uh, I was net. I was I, Guitar Hero two. I I only got a few songs on expert. I do remember. I do remember getting a hundred percent on a heart shaped box. That was my first ever FC in Guitar there Hero. There um, we go. Because it's like, all the stops. Because it's like the easiest song of the game. Um, Guitar Hero Two is also the one where I had the the Latin Club tournament, um, where I got second place, uh, losing the championship on Monkey Wrench, which was embarrassing. Because and I didn't even do bad. I got like a ninety percent. It was my first ever time playing that song on Expert. Uh, but the kid was like in eighth grade, so I was like. I'm not good enough. He's he's got me beat. And then we ha we ha we had to play Freebird together. Ugh. Uh on expert. 
I barely could get through that song on hard mode. Um, and I had to play the bass part technically, like yeah, the 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 background guitar, and I failed out like three times. <laughs> and the guy yeah. had to bring me back uh, through. Could you could you bring back people in co-op? If you, um, I, I I don't know, but I do know that. So Guitar Hero One and Two did have co-op play. Yes. And, um, but they didn't have like a campaign, you know. So it wasn't there. What it wasn't like you were working towards. Um, some end goal like you could basically just only play a single song that's yeah i do remember that like it was just like pick a song from the set list sort of thing uh but man i remember playing Freebird as like a sixth grader uh on expert for the first time was kind of trauma inducing for me i was yeah. like why would you throw me to the the, the wolves like this mr kleiss yeah. uh yeah. He, shout he, out yeah, Shout exactly. out Mr. If he ever listens to this, who knows? But um, yeah, I mean, oh, another thing about Guitar Hero too, it has arguably the best controller, uh, the Explorer from the 360 version. Uh, th- this one is I, this is probably my favorite one because uh, the, bu- the buttons have just the right amount of travel time, and it's also USB. Uh, you have to use the you can just it plugs into the 360 USB ports, which means it's the best best guitar to play Clone Hero with. Um, so, but as a result, this one's like one of the more expensive ones to buy now. Well, they're uh, also really they're usually very torn up if you get a used one. So I like lucked out. this. This one's not too bad. I mean, yeah. it's a little off color. Uh, it's not like pristine white anymore. It's it's definitely like when white plastic gets uh yellowed. Start, yeah, it has like if you put it up to light, you can definitely see there's like a yellow hue to it. Uh but if you were just to like look at it at a distance, like, oh, it's like brand new. Uh even like the the Xbox button and the D-pad on it still are in really good shape. I, I really lucked out with this one. Really, um, the only I would you know if you're if the listener is is looking to get into the market of Guitar Hero, definitely pick up the Explorer. But the main disadvantage is that when you are double strumming, it is very loud. Yeah, and I mean then, but but it also there's like with the Guitar Hero three controller or the four, and I can't remember if I've used the five or not. They all have more resistance when it comes to the strumming. So like if if it's definitely easier to use the second one with double strumming. Yeah, yeah, I mean it's good. Yeah, I mean I mean, yeah, this thing is loud. I mean sad, sad, unfortunately. But I do it's very much that sort of thing where I like uh you know how like mechanical keyboards kind of have a satisfying click to them. It's like that's why I kinda of like the Explorer is that sort of sound it has, like even the buttons feel sound better to me. Yeah. Like before and, and, my first office job, I never liked the make the keyboards with the huge buttons, but like anything, you can get used to it. Yeah, you 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 overcome and adapt, as it were. That's, that's right. That's human nature. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, Guitar Hero Two. It's one of the, it's right up there for best in the series. Um, I don't know if there's anything else really to be said. I mean, just get it. I mean getting a actual copy of this game it's dirt cheap it's just the controller is expensive um 
but I highly re recommend if you have a PS2 sitting in your in your closet, just like pony up the like forty fifty dollars for the PS2 controller. And hey, at least this one has lag calibration now, so it's a little bit more uh, manageable uh, than uh, the Guitar Hero One. Um, but yeah, I think that will take us into the final game of this trilogy, which is Guitar Hero 3 Legends of Rock. So yeah, this one was when they shifted developers. Uh, when Activision bought the franchise, um, this went to Neversoft, the Tony Hawk developers. And sadly, I mean, maybe not sadly, but like Harmonix had moved on. They Harmonix was like bought by MTV, I think, which was strange. <laughs> yeah, right. They were bought by MTV, but and so Guitar Hero was bought. the The franchise was bought by Activision, so it went to Neversoft, and so. Uh, it was a big shift for the game. I remember this was a huge moment because this, you know, this came out on every system at the time. I mean, it was on PS2, PS3, Wii, 360, Windows, and there's even a Mac version. I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know they had a Mac version when it came out, but that's still pretty cool. Um, yeah, this came out October 28th, 2007. I remember getting this on the Wii. I did not get this for my PS2. I got this on my Wii because the gimmick was like you plugged your Wii mote into the controller. And oh so my God. and so it had I think it had like the strum sound effects came out of the Wii remote speaker. Um which was very novel at the time. And I think also because the Wii Mote's gyro uh could be used to do star power when you lift the controller up uh so it was very novel at the time to have it on Wii. It felt very wrong to me. In hindsight, I should have just got the 360 version, which was the best version by far. Um but yeah, they they really stepped up their game. I mean, when you have Activision money, you could really do a lot with it. Uh for one, the masters, the master recording list in this game uh i think is at least i think it's at least half the songs are masters in this game yeah it looks uh, like two-thirds or so yeah i mean it was a huge step up uh and then also the main gimmick was that you battled against legends of rock uh which amounted to tom morello slash and the devil um it was very it was a lot smaller 
in uh, execution, I feel like they probably had more that they wanted to do, but they couldn't. They either didn't have the time or the money. Uh, probably time more than money, uh, because like later entries in the series, like Billy Corgan uh, is a is in the game. Haley Williams is in the game in like Guitar Hero World Tour, I think. Yeah. Uh, but in this one, you know, you would have guitar battles against Tom Morello and Slash, where they actually made original music for these boss battles, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard for me to pick between two or three because they both are fantastic games. So, I mean, what is your opinion about GH3, Carlton? Um, well, they definitely have different styles. So three, it's I would I would probably describe three as being more comic e in its in its style. Um, it's more exaggerated, um, and it definitely just overall has a different look than than two. Uh, and they kind of they maintain the look through the rest of the series. So four has a very similar look. World mm-hmm. Tour is four, and then Warriors of Rock I haven't actually played, but um like band hero oh wait no i have i've had played five I, I think five and band hero have a fairly similar aesthetic to three yeah um and um i don't think you mentioned this but the big the big difference between three and two is how the um the note the note um second what do you call it the note the highway yeah the high the no highway the um well like the, the note chart the note yeah. chart for the songs like they're much more they're much less tight with the timing within three oh, yeah they're they're way looser yeah they're way looser but they also make the note charts much more uh dense um yes so there's some songs that like if you look at share rock and guitar hero three versus rock band one there's a huge difference <laughs> um, it's so <laughs> well and it, it's honestly kind of hard to tell like if um I don't even know if it's it, you can really say that the Rock Band one is more realistic or something because at no. the end of the day, like these songs are, you know, that you cannot compare a Guitar Hero chart to the real thing. So um, yeah, it yeah, because Rock Band one and Guitar Hero three came out the the same year, so and there was a lot of songs both games shared, so it was always interest there. I remember the arguments people had back in the day online about which one which chart was better um oh another thing about guitar hero 3 that they brought in was the the uh, imaginary notes that are not real um that was that was the start of that where N- neversoft in order to make songs harder they would make notes that are um that are not in the song uh seemingly or uh, like three note chords that make no sense, kind of like there. There is a lot of stretching. Let's just say that Neversoft stretched in some cases. Um, however, I would argue that it doesn't detract from these songs. It actually makes it more engaging and more fun. Uh, for me, I, I Tar Hero Three feels a lot more pick up and play than the older two. Um. That could be because like these games were kind of being made for HD TVs, so it's a little bit easier to play now. Um, but 
I mean, I remember, I mean, the set list, okay, for the one, the set list is great again. And the fact that there are real master recordings for a lot of these is great. I mean, when I was younger and when I didn't think uh, Rage Against the Machine was cringe, uh, like Bulls on Parade was like my shit back in the day. Yeah. But like the Killers were on here, the Who were on here, Rolling Stones, Paint It Black was on here uh weezer pearl jam aerosmith had aerosmith and gun roses had master recordings uh like welcome to the jungle uh was on here um <laughs> having tenacious like, tenacious d on the soundtrack was also kind of fun for me um it, it's a really good game i mean i, I played it a bunch back in the day mm -hmm. um but I definitely didn't become an expert level player in this game that was going to be in, in rock band or something. So. Yeah. I mean, this, I mean, it's such an interesting thing. Cause like, this is when the sort of quote unquote battles, like when people picked sides, because now there was two competitors. I mean, cause rock band was EA, EA owned them, the, the series. Uh, so it's like EA and Activision had their competitors against each other. And, I remember pick, I remember as a kid, I was like, Guitar Hero is so much better. You know, the song, there's more like rock and roll and there's more metal than rock band. But it's like, well, rock band's not trying to do that. Rock band's about a band experience. You know, Guitar Hero is about having some like ball-bustingly difficult like metal song that you're going to fail out every single time because you can't handle it. I mean... Well, and they... Yeah, like they did it, you know, the, the execution was off with the Guitar Hero Live, but I think that they were good to not try for yet another band experience because I think that the soul of Guitar Hero is you are the Guitar Hero. You are one person. You are leading this band. That's it. And then with Guitar Hero 4, they're like, we need to open this up. We need to have the drummer. We need the vocalist. Yeah. You have the bassist. And so I think that they probably had to do it because they wanted to compete, but I don't think anyone in their right mind would say that guitar hero world tour is better than rock band two because no. rock band two is just incredible. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's an immaculate game too. I mean, rock band one and two are also fantastic. Like, uh, you know, <laughs> harmonics and even Neversoft they were really good at what they did at this peak. Like they were, they understood how things worked within their respective franchises and they knew what additions needed to be included to make the games even more exciting and more fun. I mean, um, I mean, I, I speaking for me myself, like guitar hero three had a, like it was very rewarding and challenging to go through this game on harder difficulties and like getting to level eight with uh like you had slayer iron maiden metallica and then eric johnson which was a weird inclusion but oh yeah cliffs of dover yeah cliffs of, yeah raining blood cliffs of dover number of the beast and one is your final level like that's such a great test of your abilities like yeah sure it can be seem like it's kind of unfair and cheap at moments but I think, like, in terms of, like, for I mean, it, 
trying to think back on two and three. It's so hard because they're both like equally great. Oh man. Well, three is definitely like three did have a co-op career. Mm -hmm. And so guitar hero three actually has some of the hardest, um, has some of the hardest achievements in the whole guitar hero series. Oh, yeah. yeah. Carlton, yeah. who's the achievement hunter, who is actually yeah. fully gets every game. Like well, that's could... one game I have not I have not yeah. completed. <laughs> um, I, I don't think any, most people could, especially with the co op stuff. Like that's yeah, that's so if you if you want to get so on the this website it's called True Achievements. It's a basically a database for uh, people who want to view their activity in relation to other people. Two hundred and eleven thousand people have started Guitar Hero three. And of those two hundred and eleven thousand, six hundred and thirty one have completed it. So that's like less than 0.25% something. And um, to beat it, you would have to complete the career four times on each difficulty um, separately. You have to get five stars on all four difficulties. Good and you would have to get uh, complete in co-op on all four difficulties, um, get five stars on all four difficulties and only the host will get the achievements. So if so, obviously with co-op, you need two people locally. So if both people wanted the achievements, both people would have to play the co-op four times. That, so that's masochistic. It's crazy, and it's you know. So even outside of the difficulty of, of playing it, you still have to do all that. Yeah, um, it, <laughs> this was the era when like achievement hunting and trophy hunting was like okay, like you want your platinum trophy you want your hunt you know you want your full gamer score okay we're gonna make you suffer for it well you yeah I, I can't remember if this was on the episode or not but you had mentioned graw uh graw has uh ghost recon advanced warfighter it has some of the most grueling achievements ever and that was right at the beginning like when the 360 launched they really didn't know what achievements should be like and so graw <laughs> has it has achievements for getting to number the number one spot on three different leaderboards. And so like basically every time someone gets one of those achievements, it becomes harder to get the achievement. And there are some people that they are, I forget the term for it, but there are people that they basically are going to make it more and more difficult to get the achievement, despite the people that want the, that want the achievement. And, um, so, I mean, that game, I think it takes probably like at least a thousand hours to get the <laughs> completion. Jesus Christ. So, Dude, if not more. I've only platinumed probably at least 10 games in my life. And most of those platinums came from games post 2010, where like yeah. they, they had figured out that concept a lot better, um, where it was just like complete the level, uh, do this X amount of times uh complete this level in x amount of time sort of thing like it yeah, was so, not they, they had <laughs> achievement hunting trophy hunting whatever you want to call it like that had been ironed out <laughs> but if you were playing games back pre-2010 era i would say you, you're built different if you were yeah. getting everything like yeah so graw on, on graw there were about one hundred twenty thousand people that have started it on this website and 90 have completed it and the estimation for completion is a thousand plus hours oh so my god <laughs> it's, it's crazy 
And there are still some games that that are like that, but you know, yeah, after 2010 or so, it definitely became a lot easier. So some people are crazy. just truly built different. I I could never. I couldn't. There, I can, they are. They have no life. I don't. I don't even know of a game I've even put a thousand hours into, let alone like a hundred. Like, yeah. well, we're not the kind of guy that would play like. There's some people that just play Europa Universalis for a, de- a decade, like ten thousand hours. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or or would spend their entire life in something like Second Life, or just play Civ. Like all they yeah. do is Civ. <laughs> Like I have friends that just all they play is Civ or like Left 4 Dead too. I mean, fair, truly fair. I understand. I mean, I was addicted to Left 4 Dead 2 at one point. Like, that's a complete game to totally be fair to be obsessed with. Like, I was so obsessed with the game, I learned how to break it. Like, I learned yeah, how but... to use a glitch exploit on the Xbox 360 version. Yeah, that's um, a normie game. Yeah. <laughs> We're a dirty. We're dirty normies. Yeah, we're not. We're we're not like playing our like hardcore simulation uh, game uh, that only truly insane people play. We're not playing um, Dwarf Fortress. Shit, my God. <laughs> God, all the coolest people play Dwarf Fortress. <laughs> Shut up! All the cootiest kids pee their pants. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> uh. Oh my yeah, god. I mean Guitar Hero 3 is definitely it's also a banger. Um I think I probably prefer three to two. Okay. Here's but, a question for um, you. Here's a question for you, because I remember saying this as a post, and I think people were mildly annoyed when I said this. I thought Freebird was a better final song than uh what's it called? Um Through in the Fire and the Flames. I thought Freebird was better. I think well, through, the, through the Fire and the Flames wasn't the uh, it was like a, it's a bonus song, right? Well, yeah, it's the well, it's the song you play after you beat the campaign, just like how Freebird more or less is. It's that like final test song uh, uh-huh. that you have to play to sort of like properly beat it. Um, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think Freebird's better. I think Through the Fire and the Flames is a meme song and. Uh, it's brutally unfair. It's, I think they picked it because they said, wow, this game has a lot of notes and it's very fast. This is what Guitar Hero needs. And I say, no, you do not pick. Yeah, I mean, it's an <laughs> awful song. I mean, nobody wants to listen to that song. I mean, no, I think at the it's time, awful. I think at the time it was novel uh, to play a song like that, but uh, no. Uh, I I would rather play Freebird ten times out of ten. Like Freebird's a even the cover version, which you play you play the cover version of Freebird in GH two, and that's still better. Um, yeah, that I would say that is the one point that I put against GH three is that you maybe play a meme song in in Through the Fire and the Flames. However, yeah. a lot of the bonus songs on GH three are some of my favorite. I love. I love my curse by Kill Switch Engage. That's that was my my jam back in the day. Like I would just play that on loop all the time, and it's still one of my most listened to songs on on Apple Music. Like I love that song to death. Um, I think 
there's uh, there's scp remix which is great on there too i think uh oh prayer uh prayer of the refugee by rise against another great bonus song oh that's one thing too gh2 one of the bonus songs is a uh, bucket uh jordan that's oh a, yeah that's a meme so song. actually I, th I think a bit yeah i think a better comparison would be jordan and through the fire and flames and that, um, that, they both are very similar in the fact that they're both meme songs uh where they're just like here's i think even jordan was made for guitar hero too maybe i can't well remember. i mean buckethead have you looked into his music at all not particularly he's done like he's kind of like little b like he's done like a hundred albums i mean <laughs> the guy has the guy has a huge output but the thing is he's not i mean he's have you listened to little b yes <laughs> okay uh, <laughs> i mean little b has some absolute has some absolute bangers thrown in there but a lot of his music is incredibly repetitive and uh <laughs> or, and just really i mean he has songs that are like i am ellen degeneres i am justin bieber um i am he doesn't have i am selena gomez but stuff like that and so he literally has a song where he's like i'm justin bieber i'm justin bieber and like oh, that's wanna, the song i want to kill myself um, but buckethead it has a gigantic output and there's a podcast that's like just they every episode they review a different album that he's put out or whatever and <laughs> i mean it's yeah so like he's so saying that he made a song just for guitar hero 2 isn't really saying much no know? that's true that's uh, now that i have the context um oh yeah guitar hero two. five years <laughs> <laughs> yeah he made it like hey, here you go take this yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I I like I like the song Jordan. It's cool. Jordan, yeah, I I prefer Jordan over through the Fire and the Flames. Also, Jordan, yeah, Jordan's a much more fun song. And well, I like the the basic chord. You know, the don't 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 don't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's a perfect loop for a Guitar Hero song. Um, yeah. Oh yeah, was it um, was it the 360 version? No, I think even the PS2 version had Trogdor on GH2. Uh, yeah. Which is a song that you literally can't FC in the American version. You can't 100% it because Why? they they messed up the input. So there's like an there's an input window on in GH2, like a X amount of frames, and the fi you know the final part of Trogdor where it's just you know there's that one part where you're just massively strumming the orange note uh, for like a second, and mm -hmm. the window the the notes are so close together and the window for each note is so like specific that it just can't work with the frame rate of a tv so like you literally can't you can't fc it i think on Amer the american version but you can in the european because the pal versions were still doing the 50 fps thing uh, uh okay. so like you people have like hacked their ps2s to set it to pal frame rate or the pal version in order to get an FC on it, like to claim that they 100%ed the whole game, like that—that's insane. Lots, and I feel like a lot of steps. That's an oversight, <laughs> but you know, God bless them. Exactly. I mean, you know, it adds to sort of the, the mystique of it all. Um, but yeah, uh, GH3 is fantastic. I think for I think I will lean GH3 the over GH2. I think it's very close. But I think three wins in the end. I think 
having the Activision money and all the like co-op modes, you have the co-op battle mode, the boss battles are in there. All the customization is great because it's, you know, it's never soft. It, has, it does have online play. So. Yes, and it does too. Another thing, it had online play. Um, I can't imagine what it was like online playing someone in 2007 with like questionable internet out the wazoo. Um, but yeah, I mean, GH3 is great. I don't know, do you have any closing thoughts on GH3, Carlton? Um, I think, I mean, it lined up, you know, Aerosmith used the exact same engine. And um, from then on, so Metallica was based on four, the four engine. And yeah, I mean, I think it was, it was, it's also, it's the basis that engine is used for the Guitar Hero arcade game mm -hmm. that you can still find in, in arcades and find it at, uh, what's that big chain? Uh, can't remember the name of the chain. Mm -hmm. What's that bar chain? Um, I can't remember, but it's at that bar chain that has like serves food and everything. Dave and Buster's. Yeah. <laughs> I, hey, I, yeah, yeah. No, I remember G. Yeah. Guitar Hero Arcade being there too. So really, Guitar Hero Three is like the one that lives on in people's yeah. minds, probably more than anything else. Oh yeah, because uh, Four it, did definitely just sucks compared to Rock Band Two. So yeah, <laughs> Four World Tour is only claimed to fame as having the drum kit, the the fake symbols. Yeah. I mean that that's the only thing I remember from that game. It had like, a well, it had a weird little because um, you know Rock Band One, uh, it had the little the little buttons at the bottom of the of the neck of the guitar. Oh yeah. And so with Guitar Hero Four, they had a similar thing. The slider was, bar. Yeah, a slider bar, and but it just really didn't work. It just really <laughs> it was broken. Yeah, it just did not work. I remember trying um, to do the slider bar with um on. They had they had beat it by Michael Jackson on that game, and I remember trying to do it because like the the solo in Beat It uses you can use the slider bar, and it just it doesn't work. It doesn't. No, it just it, it just it's doesn't it's work. A jank, jank, little piece of shit. Um, I think into close out our Guitar Hero episode. I think this these games are very special they symbolize a, a very short moment in the games industry when a reverence for music clashed with just simple fun game mechanics that it birthed so much outside of games the fact that so many people played guitar for the first time because of this games how many people bought all these classic rock songs and got people into rock music i think cannot be you know cannot be stated enough i mean I love this franchise to dear and I'm I have very fond memories of these games. I still like when I when I have the itch to play these games again now that I have a 360 and I have the Explorer like it's honestly some of the most fun I have and I'm glad that these games came out. They really had a great impact on me. They're just fun fun games. So what do you think Carlton? What what's the final takeaway from Guitar Hero tonight? Um, yeah, it was a big part of my childhood. I love them. Um, it definitely, like, I never, I never picked up guitar because of it or anything. Um, but I was always very musically inclined. And so it was, it was just fun to kind of develop that other, um, that, that other kind of rhythmic skill. And mm -hmm. also just generally, 
we talked a little bit about this before the episode but like guitar hero the whole concept of like the note of the note highway and everything and the buttons mm-hmm. and how the chords work whenever i listen to music after guitar hero i am constantly imagining. especially with, with drums i'm imagining what the note chart would be or oh, yeah. i'm or i'm or i'm doing the the moves out with my fingers as i listen to a song oh, yeah <laughs> so it's kind of it's kind of filtered how i view the world and of course yeah. that's also because i'm i'm ocd or whatever you know so i'm just <laughs> like constantly my my brain is running but it's definitely changed uh it's it's definitely a filter for for music yeah so. i definitely think it's made me appreciate this genre of music a lot more i think that's why i still really love just rock music whether it be metal or rock and roll or alternative or whatever sort of genre, subgenre you want to list i think without guitar hero i think not the love for rock music would be a lot smaller you know i don't think zoomers will ever get into these sorts of games uh because there's not any like bleep bloop music on here uh well the, the good thing you know these these big companies they still own the rights um they i don't i mean i don't know if they'll ever do another game but um it's there are you know any as you see with like ubisoft like ubisoft that financially has been doing pretty poorly recently and it makes you realize how with these big releases they're kind of like they're all like bets like they're all like the biggest bet that you could ever make uh like will this succeed or not and often the games succeed uh they unquestionably succeed at years down the line so like the tomb raider games like the first reboot was at first they were like this has failed it sold three million units but it failed and but like down the line they'll say like oh it sold 12 million units or whatever yeah um but like success is measured in in what happens almost immediately because you have to have the investment pan out yeah and so they stopped making these games but they stopped making them because it's just the bet wasn't um they knew it wasn't viable um but there could come a time where the bet becomes viable again you never know never know but i hope that whoever whoever does take the reign understands guitar hero and doesn't try to do guitar hero live again please don't do that again. <laughs> that was a mistake yeah. and you must learn from it but i have to thank you carlton for joining me on this fun little short episode uh it's been a thank pleasure you, uh, and i think that is a wonderful time to stop the recording